This morning's reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 8 to 21. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Well, morning, everyone. Uh, let me have my uh, welcome. Uh, and I hope it's helpful this morning. Uh, obviously, for some of us, it's a, a nostalgia fest uh, looking back. Uh, through the decades, but um, if actually you've only come to CCM uh, more recently, I I hope it's helpful to uh, hear, see a little of uh, God's kindness to us, the history of the last 20 years, because um, often it looks fine, doesn't it? It all looks fine and all works well, Uh, but there's certainly been points where it's spiritually felt like it's just held together by sticky tape, uh, humanly speaking, even though the Lord has had us in his hands. Let me lead us in prayer. And then we'll look at a couple of verses together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you and praise you for the existence of uh, this church. We thank you for the new life uh, in each and every one of us who belongs here. But thank you for this particular church. And this morning we want to uh, once again remind ourselves and therefore give thanks to you that you are at work amongst us and we operate to the praise of your name. Father, remind us, deepen, give us joy in those truths. Once again, this morning we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I do just want to turn to two verses, really, right at the end of um, the reading that Carrie gave us. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Paul's um, Doxology or outburst of praise there. Uh, Because uh, one, well, the very first sermon we had in the Four Seasons Hotel 20 years ago was in the book of Ephesians, albeit chapter one. But um, perhaps more relevantly is uh, the fact that these two verses remind us of crucial truths, really, of why we began this church and how we've kept going. So they seem fitting to look at. 
We have read a bit more because uh, Paul has just prayed for the church in Ephesus that uh, collectively they would be filled with such a deep knowledge of God's love that, verse 19, they would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Verse, uh, let's read it. I pray, verse 18, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's a prayer that can only be answered together with God's people. It's just a sad reality that we can watch a thousand sermons from our sofa and they do us much good, but it's only together that we can grasp this love. We need one another. How we long to be more frequently in one another's presence. But here's what I want to just pull out, just the two things really from Paul's outburst of praise, this doxology. How? How do we plant a church and how do we keep going? Well, that was by God's power at work. And why? Why do it? So that he may receive glory. Just those two. First, in how, how do we plant a church? How do we keep going? How are we going to keep going in the years ahead? It is because God's power is at work. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's a remarkable sentence. Let me just stretch it out, if I may. What can God do? He can do, first of all, verse 20, all that we ask. He can do all that we ask. I mean, if that's all the sentence said, that would be amazing. God can do everything that we ask. Every single request that we make of God, he can do it. When we ask him to grow in number, when we ask him to grow in maturity, he can do all, all of those things. That's extraordinary. What would you give to have someone you could go to and give you everything you requested? You have him. You have the Lord. We have him. He can do all that we ask. And yet the sentence goes on. He can do more than all that we ask. More than all that we ask. That is, he runs ahead of us. I mean, even in the small things, that would be a wonderful truth, wouldn't it? You work this week, you ask a member of staff, you ask a colleague, can you um, do this piece of work for me? Can you look after this patient for me? Can you take care of this pupil for me? Whatever it may be, can you do this for me, this one thing? Can you do this one thing for me? And you come back and all your work for the year and every patient you have and every pupil you teach, they've all been sorted out, sounds a bit brutal, but they've all been dealt with, handled, resolved. That would be good. But it's that sort of sense. God will do more than we ask. He runs ahead of us. He says to us, your ambitions are too small, often. And I have to admit, when we began this church 20 years ago, no one was asking, Lord, can we plant whatever five churches that, that get established and flourish. No one was asking that, I don't think. No one was asking, Lord, in the fullness of time, can we send missionaries all over the globe? And can we send them to closed Muslim countries in Central Asia? Can, can we do that in the Middle East? No one was asking that. To be honest, when we began, no one was even asking, can we have a morning congregation? We were just so freaked out, were we ever going to get established just this one thing going in the evening? God can do more than we ask. 
And of course, <laughs> the sentence goes on. He can do more than we ask or imagine. I mean, I don't know what the most God-honoring thing is you can think of. The most incredible ambition that we can have as a church. Well, whatever it is, he can do more than that. He can do more than we ask or imagine. And in fact, of course, he can do, last bit of it, immeasurably more. Paul makes up a word. You know, it's supercalifragilisticexpialidociously more. It's that sort of sense to it in the original language. It's a nonsense word. He just makes it up. Because he can do, God can do that much more, hyperabundantly more, than we ask or even daydream. Why? Because his power is at work. His power. The same power, chapter 1, that raised Christ from the dead. His power that creates this world. His power is at work in his church. That is extraordinary. So how do we get established? How do we keep going when the future looks so very uncertain? Because this power is at work. What are you wanting? God runs ahead. He's more ambitious than we are. How do we do this? How do we keep going as a church? God's power is at work. And then secondly, why? Why did we plant this church? And why keep going? And the answer, verse 21, is so that God receives glory. In many ways, it's a strangeness to us that God would choose to reveal his glory in idiots. But that's what he does. Chapter 3, verse 10, we had read, God's intention was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So just as, I don't know, Michelangelo reveals his glory in the Sistine Chapel, supremely perhaps, and Roger Federer reveals his glory on centre court, perhaps. So the Lord says, my masterpiece is the church. And we say, it's a bit embarrassing. And he says, I know, but look what I achieve through this hopeless bunch of misfits, ragtag, half-hearted, ebbing and flowing people. Look what I achieve through them. It's extraordinary. And so we exist for his glory, not just now, because verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, because the church only exists in him, throughout all generations, forever and ever. We planted this church so that greater glory may go to the living God, so that more people would become Christians, more people discipled as Christians, more people equipped to, to uh, volunteer and lead for ministries than before, more people uh, living for Christ rather than having him as a hobby. That's why we planted this church. We planted this church because we wanted to do something that would last through all generations forever and ever. We wanted to do something that lasted into eternity. And it's not very impressive. As I've reflected, I think my most common prayer over the years has, all, has been, and it's very unimpressive, 
Lord, while we're still useful to you, will you provide what we need? Because they've, in the ebb and flow of church life, there have been moments where we felt very vulnerable. Um, the hostility against us incredibly high and thinking we're going to lose you know, certainly the right to meet here, meet in, the, in this building, meet in Mayfair. Uh, in times financially, we've been in real trouble. Lord, while we're still useful to you, will you keep us going? Lord, while we bring glory to you, Will you raise up the volunteers needed for the many ministries? While we're honouring you, would you provide the finances you need to keep the ministry afloat? While we're useful to you, keep us going. And when we stop honouring you, shut us down. Because no one wants to waste their time. We want to be contributing to glory for you in Christ Jesus, Jesus, throughout all generations forever and ever. And if we're not doing that, if we're only doing it for our own pleasure, or we're just going through the motions, shut us down, because that's a waste of all our time. But while we're useful to you, while we bring glory to you, Lord, please provide what we need. And wonderfully, he has. He always has. And to, to him be all glory for whatever has happened in the last 20 years. You put these two together, that his power is at work within us and we do all things for his glory. It means happily that we don't despair when things go wrong. And... Um, you know, we produce these videos. You could easily, easily produce another video of, here are the numerous things that we've tried and have, we've fallen flat on our face. <laughs> here are the numerous things that worked well for a while and then just stopped working. We had to give up. Lots of things don't go to plan. They've been, you know, attempting an additional service just simply didn't work when we tried that about five, seven years ago. It just didn't work. Um, not then. Maybe it will in the future. Not all the church plants have become established. Some have got going and then after a few years, actually, no, they're not viable. Not everything has worked. We've been a steady stream of discouragements across the years, but we don't despair because it's not that God couldn't make it work. It's not that we didn't even ask him to make it work. It's not about our pleasure or necessarily our metrics of what success may be. It's about glory going to him. And he knows the way that he chooses to have glory go to him. And so we keep on attempting new things because he can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And glory goes to him. Which means that even in strange times, such as now, we press on. We don't just pause and, and wait. There are moments, no doubt. All of us just want to crawl under the duvet and just wait for this thing to pass and just wake me up when it's done. Yeah, I know that. But we don't. We press on. We press on in the same fashion as we began. Because when we began, as you heard a little bit of earlier, we had opponents saying, no, we will not let this happen. And we will shut you down. And there really were points 
where life became very, very difficult and we felt incredibly vulnerable, but God was at work in his church. And that truth will keep you going. As we began, not just opponents, but friends, that was probably worse really, friends saying, oh look, it'll never work. And there is no need for a church in Mayfair. Well, by God's grace, it has worked, I guess. We've flourished in ways that we're so very thankful for. That, that list of people who've gone out into the mission field and, and ministries elsewhere, it's a great encouragement. Don't need a church in Mayfair? Well, no one's going to say we're essential. Of course we're not essential. But if you think that we live here now to do something that lasts for the glory of God, it's essential to try things for him. And in that sense, of course it's needed. It's always necessary to try and grow the kingdom for God's glory. And so we keep going and we press on. And who knows what God will do? I can't imagine what he'll do. And he'll do more than I can imagine anyway. But we keep going because his power is at work within us. And we keep going for the glory of his name. And while we're useful, I trust, I expect, while we honor him, I believe he'll give us what we need, the strength, the resources, and who knows what gets celebrated in 20 years' time. But it'll be fun to work it, to watch. It's always fun to see God in action. Let me lead us in prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you for these simple and yet utterly profound truths that you are at work in your church. But that is true globally. It's been true throughout history and it's true in every individual church. We thank you and praise you that uh, we've been privileged enough to see you at work in this particular church, in Christchurch Mayfair, over the last 20 years. And again, we want to declare that anything that is of any worth that has been done is for the honour of your name. It's so that glory goes to you. And Father, we ask again, keep us with that ambition to glorify you, trusting that you'll give us the strength to do that for the honour of your name. Amen.